Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Our next guest is running for governor on the Libertarian ticket, and his name is Larry Sharp. Larry, good morning. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing well this morning, Larry. Uh, introduce yourself to the uh, to the people of Western New York. Oh, my God. They have to know me already. You're kidding me? I ran in 2018, been across the state for the past five years, already polling in the Zoggy poll at over 6% already. And I'm the libertarian guy who's also got the uh, got the forward party endorsement. Looking to get the unite party endorsement. I mean, nothing but positive, positive coalition against the establishment, and that's the only way we're going to fix things in this state. I'm looking to actually come up with ideas to fix things, and people who know me know I'm about actual answers, not just about what you keep hearing, which is if I'm a Republican, I yell Democrats bad. If I'm a Democrat, I yell Republicans bad. Now, we have ways to actually fix things. That's who I am. I'm a guy who ran before, running again, don't want to have to move because too many New Yorkers are packing up and leaving the state. We have to find ways to keep people here, particularly our retirees and our youth. And it's got uh, to be good you had that uh, endorsement from former presidential candidate Andrew Yang. Yes, that is correct, yes. And we think, wait a minute, Larry, how in the world does some libertarian get uh, a, an endorsement from a former Democrat. And here's the reason. What I always talk about is the idea of localism, the idea of you do you, right? I'm not trying to turn, you know, uh, Wyoming County into Brooklyn. I'm not trying to turn Brooklyn into Wyoming County. I'm trying to let everybody be who they want to be. You can be as conservative or as liberal as you want to be. I just don't want you to force your views on others. I don't think, you know, if we believe in what we say we believe in, which is diversity, and we believe in diversity across the state, okay, I'm in. Let's be about diversity. So then why in the world do we keep having one-size-fits-all answers from either Albany or New York City? Let's have those diverse answers to our local problems and let people be people. Let school boards be school boards. Let local counties have more of their own money. Let's pay our own bills. Larry, speaking of Albany, obviously a lot of issues facing New York right now. Um, you know, and you mentioned it: people leaving the state, uh, taxes are high, gas prices are high. Uh, what do you think is the first thing that needs to be tackled uh, right away in Albany? There are so many things. There's there's structural issues, and then there's band aids, right? So one of the band aids you want to deal with is getting people to have some hope they could stay. And the way you do that is you begin two things. First step, you start leasing out naming rights to a lot of our infrastructure, many of our bridges, some of our long-term roads, things like that. You have to raise enough money throughout, without using taxation. For example, why is the bridge in New York City called the George Washington Bridge or horribly north of New York City, the Mario Cuomo Bridge? Why is it called that? Why isn't it called the 3M Bridge or the Kellogg Bridge? or the Pepsi Bridge. These are companies that pay billions of dollars every year on marketing, and they drop $20 million a year even on a station, on, I'm sorry, on a stadium that's used you know, every weekend. 
they'll pay $100 million a year easily to have a bridge that's in a 16 million metro person area that's mentioned every single day on the traffic reports, easily done. Once you raise $500 million, which we could do in literally a couple of months, you can eliminate the gas tax because that's the gas tax right there. So now that's an immediate band-aid. But on the long run, you keep doing things like this. We have, we have tons of roads that aren't getting fixed. Well, next to that road, why don't we allow, say, Amazon or Google to create a road next to it, one of, one of the roads for their electric cars? They create it next to it. The leasing that they have to pay for that is maintenance on the actual road. So now you have the Google road or the, the, the Home Depot or whatever the case may be. And on top of that, you have the regular road. Use the one that you want. You want to buy an electric car? Go on their road. You don't? Go on the regular road. But now all of a sudden, we're actually potholes fixed. We're getting the roads upgraded, and we're having more options for New Yorkers, and the tax burden goes down. Those are band-aids we can do with easily within the first six months. But we got to keep going. It isn't enough. On top of that, we have to create a trust, the New York State Social Trust. We start by taking some cash that comes out of our tax base and putting that into a fund, borrowing it against that fund so we can raise about $900 billion over the course of three years. This is a longer-term plan. But as you do that now, what do we do? we got to pay for some of our big issues that right now are crushing people from New York State. The first one, education. We start paying education directly from Albany. Immediately, money follows the kid, meaning now that the parents have more choice. We take all of the strings attached from both the federal and the state and remove them, giving more localized control of school districts. Will there be mistakes? Of course there will be. But if you make a mistake locally, we can help out. You make one statewide, no one ever agrees to it, and now the entire state's crushed. We dropped $28,000 per kid in this state, and we rank in the bottom 50 across the country. Consistently. Change that so that now we can figure out what works across the state. Once we do that, well, then what's the need for school tax locally? There is none. You end local school tax. You end local school tax, the average New Yorker, as a general rule, their property has to go down about 50%. When that, when that property tax goes down 50%, well, guess what? The youth can stay because rent stabilized. But on top of that, now our retirees can stay. When our retirees begin to stay, well, they're spending their pensions here in New York and not spending them in Florida. Now, actually, families can stick together. This is what I want. You add on top of that a very specific tax break, which is if you've owned a home in New York State for at least 10 or 15 years and you are 65 years or older, your, your property tax goes down 5% every year for 20 years. What does that do? It allows the retirees to stay, spend their pensions here. But more importantly, maybe they can stay in their home and not have to go to a nursing home if they don't want to go to a nursing home. On top of that, you share that half if the, if the kid takes the parent in. So now the parent says, I don't want to have a house. I'm going to move in with my kid. I'm going to move in with my niece, my nephew, my grandkid, whatever. You move in with your grandkid, that same 5% becomes 2.5%. Every year, it goes down, allowing people to stay. And, of course, people say, Larry, how are you going to pay for that? You don't have to pay for it because when we have less uh, of our aging population in nursing homes, we're actually saving money. When we have more people retiring here, not in Florida and Arizona and Texas, we're actually putting more money into our economy. That actually pays for itself. These are actual ideas that you will not hear from the Republican or Democrat. And speaking of the 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 money that is spent in in Albany right now, um, you've uh, you've posted a little bit about the uh, the new Buffalo Bills stadium deal and the millions and hundreds of millions of uh, New York State money that's been pumped into that stadium. What do you think is wrong with that deal, and how would a 
Governor Sharp had dealt with that. 100%. Here's the issue that we're just not getting. There's a reason why they, that uh, uh, Governor Hochul wanted that. The reason why Governor Hochul wanted this and why all of them want this is because they want to be able to give the jobs out. This is patronage. This is a way they give jobs out so they can control the money and control the state. Think about this. We are, we are giving the Buffalo Bills a 1.5 million person metro area. We are giving them a Western New York that loves them, that literally buys all of their hats and shirts and flags. Look, I've been around the state. I know that when the, when the Bills are winning, a greeting is literally no Bills in Western New York. We're giving them that. And instead of them paying us, we're paying them. What, are we nuts? There's a buffalo on their helmet. They're not going anywhere, right? So we decided to, oh, we've saved it because they're going to be here for 30 years. What if they go under? What if they change ownership? What if they just say no and walk away? We're not going to sue them. It's not how things work. We're going to beg them to come back. We're going to just, we're just going to allow them to do whatever they want because we always do. And say, well, Larry, wait a minute. Is there an example of that working differently? Yes, the New York City area. Sadly, they moved over to Jersey, which we should have kept them here. But the problem is we, they did get public funding in Jersey when they built those stadiums for the Giants and the Jets. That, that was over a billion dollars, and that was funded by them. Remember something. The guys who own these teams are billionaires. The team itself, Buffalo Bills are, are worth over $2 billion. And the NFL is worth a couple billion dollars. You tell me they couldn't have financed this on their own? Of course they could have. They could have financed it on their own. They didn't because our governor wants to make sure that she's handing out jobs. Uh, the Erie County uh, executives making sure he can hand out jobs. This is all about job handouts. That's what it's actually about. It's not about anything else. Remember, every single New Yorker is going to pay about $35 for this and not even get a free bills ticket. That's not the right answer. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, building on that, you make a good point. Every New Yorker's, you know, money's going towards the stadium, yet to get season tickets, you still have to buy a personal seat license, uh, which is a whole other conversation. Uh, Larry, another thing that is... It's insane. It is crazy that we're allowing this. We are literally saying, and you, the rhetoric you hear, right, from, from Albany is, we care about the average person, these evil billionaires and millionaires, these evil people who have money here all the time. So now what's your plan? Average New Yorkers who are struggling have to pay so that millionaires, the players, and billionaires, the owners, can make more money. That's a little bit hypocritical. Bail reform and the reform of the bail reform seems to be another uh, hot-button issue in Albany. It might even be the reason the budget hasn't been passed yet. What should New York, when it comes to the original bail um, that Governor Cuomo then had bail reform, what should bail look like in New York State? Let me give you, uh, let me be very forward and say I was wrong on this one. Um, I thought it would be repaired in the courts. So I'm mad at a lot of people for this one. First off, I'm upset with, with, with uh, the assembly who didn't even look at this bill. The problem is what people may not realize is this bill was actually written when the Republicans still controlled the Senate. So, but it was actually presented right after the election when the Democrats took the Senate. So when this bill came in, no one even looked at it. They just signed it. Yep, done, move on. That was it. And that's why it was so bad. There was no conversation back and forth in the assembly, which there should have been. It would have been closer to the New Jersey bill, which is a better bail reform. I am absolutely for bail reform, not for this bail reform. This was a disaster. And when it came out, the first thing I said was, we'll be okay. Because when the, when the judges see this, they won't follow it because it's insane. They will go against the law, and then there'll be appeals, 
and there'll be rulings, and they'll fix the law in the courts through rulings. That's what I said several years ago. Man, was I wrong. The judges just let this go. And I blame our judiciary also because they knew this was wrong. And they didn't, they didn't like the bill. They didn't like the fact that they had their hands tied. And they let people back out in the street knowing it was wrong. Judges go against the law all the time. That's why they're judges. That's why you have an appellate court. That's why you go through this. That's why you have rulings. They did none of it. So it's the assembly's fault and a judiciary fault. What this should have been based upon is one important factor. First-time offenders. If you just focus bail reform on first-time offenders, this means that most people who are actually innocent, they are innocent, it's their first time they got caught in something they shouldn't have been caught in. They were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or they made a mistake. And if you know somebody who's been in trouble, who's made a mistake, if they fix their life, almost always it's after they got arrested. That's when they were like, oh, my God, let me change my life. I want New York to be a, a state of second chances. I do. But not ninth and tenth and twelfth chances. Second chances. You mess up. We give you the benefit of the doubt. It's the first time offense. If you see all this, all this crime being done by people, particularly in New York City and other cities, but particularly in the cities, all of it is done by multiple-time offenders. This is fixed the bend immediately. All the government has to do is say, bail reform as of right now is first-time offenders only. Now take this terrible law back to the assembly and fix it. Bail reform is a good idea. This bail reform is a disaster. Larry, let me ask you, you you know, as we have this deep political divide between the two major parties, the the Republicans and the Democrats, you know, you always hear of the Libertarian Party getting more members and and you always hear, um, uh, you know, the candidates getting more and more votes. Why is it that the Libertarian Party has not been able to get to the level of Republican and Democrat? You know, a lot of things you've mentioned it seems to, as you say, get, uh, bridge the gap between Democrats and Republicans. Why do you think the Libertarian Party um, can't get or hasn't gotten to the level of one of the two major parties? Because the system literally shuts us down. I'll be very brief about this. In 2018, when I ran, I got 2% of the vote. 2% obviously is not good for an election, but amazing for the Libertarian Party. Largest we've ever had. Um, I raised $500,000, half a million dollars. We had an actual campaign across the state. And what did that do for us? It got us actually ballot active. We were able to be an official party in New York State. And the year after, I crossed this state again, supporting local candidates. I talk about localism. I went out and did it. We had 107 victories in 2019. There were 107 elected libertarians in 2019. People don't know this, but that's what actually happened. And then right after that, the state said, oh, you know what? I know what you did. No, they ended. They, they removed us and ended up our party status in a budget issue. And they said, Larry, I know you did what you said. Assuming you get four years of ballot access, we're going to change the rules after, the, after year one so that you can no longer have ballot access. And they removed us through the law because the, the state was liking me. 25% of the people who voted for me were registered Democrats. In the re- recent Zogby poll, you can see I poll from both the left and the right. I'm the actual peacemaker. I'm the one who actually can do this. Everyone else can't. Look, the state right now is three to one, Democrats, Republican. New York City, six to one. To be forward for my Republican brothers who are out there listening right now, sisters, brothers, and sisters, um, your savior's not coming. It's impossible. There is no way a Republican wins a statewide election. Locally, Republicans win all the time. Statewide, a Republican has not won any election in this state in 20 years, and the state's getting bluer, not redder. The only answer is your good news is I'm here. 
and I can vote from the left and from the right. And it's the best part of this. Even if I don't win, and look, I'm not saying, oh, my God, Larry's going to win tomorrow. The only answer is either a Democrat wins or an outsider wins. Republican has no chance of the victory, zero. It's a fantasy. The Republican Party is, is what they always do every four years. Lie, take your money, and walk away. That's what they've been doing for the past 20 years. They're going to do it again in the state election. Don't fall for it. It's going to be either me or it's going to be hopeful. That, that's what's going to happen. If it's hopeful, if I come in second or a good third, they will have to listen to me. More people like you will be listening. And here's the best part. Hochul's already taken what I'm saying already. Part of her repair of the bail reform is first-time offenders. I've been saying that for months. So they're copying what I'm talking about already. They're already talking about the ideas of leasing naming rights. That's already come up already in New York City. These are all my ideas from four years ago. If you go to my website, loudershop.com, there's actual policy on my website, what we can actually do to solve problems. They begin to pick off my website because no one else makes policy. You can't find policy on anyone else's site. I'm not making this up. Go check it out. There's a bunch of rhetoric, ideology, and complaining. No policy. The more popular I am, the more policies will happen. When I was on Joe Rogan's show four years ago, at the end of that show, Joe said, Larry, you got great policies. I said, yeah, me and team put it together. He goes, you better lock those down. I said, why? He goes, people will take them. I said, take them. I don't have to run there. I can fix my state. I'm running because I don't want to move. Fix my state. I don't care who wins. But if you don't vote for me and make me valid, if you don't make me valid, Nothing changes. You vote for a Democrat or Republican this time, nothing changes. It would just stop it again. I now, because of the new rules they made up, starting April 19th, I have to get 45,000 signatures officially, but in reality about 70,000 so I don't get attacked in 35 days. I have to get 2,000 signatures every day for 35 days. I would ask you, who can do that besides some guy like me who can afford to throw $100,000 at this and take a year off my life? That's it. This is becoming a state where only Democrats and Republicans run, and, when, and only the elites and only the people who the party picks, and Democrats will win statewide consistently. And here's the worst part of it all. When I ran in 2018, I was the only person not getting a government check, and now they're running in 2022. I'll be the only person not getting a government check. You, who's listening right now, is paying through your taxes for Hochul and the Republican to run, not for me. I'm the only one who knows what it's like to have a regular job. LarrySharp.com, at LarrySharp on Twitter. Larry, when you uh, are in the Western New York area, make sure you let us know. We'd love to have you in studio. Love to have it, absolutely. All right, Larry Sharp, he is the Libertarian candidate for governor in New York. Again, if you want to read more about him, at, at Larry Sharp and LarrySharp.com, also a Marine. So, Larry, we thank you for your service. When we come back, Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns will be joining me to wrap up Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 